Hey super friends, happy new year and welcome to this, the 80th episode of the Get Your Comic Con podcast. It is a brand new year, we are in 2023, we have got so much coming up this year. But for now, this is our first podcast of 2023. My name is Neil, I will be joined a little later by my very own boy Wonder Martin and we're here to bring you a slice of film and TV goodness from our studio, I miss the word pop culture, it's the first podcast of the year, from our studio, direct to your speakers. I hope you all had a wonderful break over the holiday season. We took some time out, switched off all the devices, did absolutely nothing, but it's time to get back to work. And this is going to be a absolutely landmark year for Get Your Comic Con. This is actually our 10th year. This year will be the 10 year anniversary of when uh, the site very, very first started after we got back from our first trip to San Diego Comic-Con and my friends goaded me into starting this thing as it was a Tumblr blog at the time, right through to what we have now. So July, my, well, it is it, in fact, it shares a birthday with me. So July the 26th will be the 10th anniversary of Get Your Comic-Con this year. We've got some really big plans, but I don't want to give too much away about that just yet. We have some business to get down to. So uh, this episode, I'm going to cover off some news by myself because Boy Wonder is working hard on his PhD. Then he is going to join me for a chat about Doom Patrol Season 4, which has just finished airing its first six episodes on HBO Max in the US. And I may have a couple of comic book recommendations for you because... We've just been lacking in some comic book content on this podcast. So, without further ado, let's dive into some news. So, unless you've been living under a rock recently, you will know that there's been a lot going on at Warner Brothers Discovery and the newly minted DC Studios. For those who somehow maybe don't know, the studio has hired... Uh, James Gunn, writer-director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and Peter Safran, the producer of the Conjuring franchise, and Aquaman, to name but a few, to head up the new DC Studios. That is what has in turn led to Henry Cavill announcing that he is no longer Superman, only three weeks after announcing that he was now Superman again. I shouldn't laugh, it's an awful scenario, but it makes sense. It's unfortunate that his return happened to occur right when the management was changing with you know with Gunn and Saffron being given carte blanche to do whatever they wanted in order to correct the path of the DC universe on film as it is but anyway we're looking ahead we're not looking back Gunn has confirmed that he is writing a Superman movie, which we we kind of know is the first project that has so far been confirmed from this new DCU. And that that film is going to be a younger Superman, which is why Cavill is not going to be playing the role. It is not. He has said, you know, categorically, it's not an origin story. It has no director. It has no casting. It's really just a project that he is writing at this exact moment in time. We don't even know for sure if that is going to be the first project that releases from the new DCU. All we really know for sure is that it is the first project that we know of, which is confirmed. But anyway, uh, well, the other thing that we do know is that Gunn is going to be announcing some 
of their first batch of titles in the next few weeks. Sometime this month, for sure. As for the types of projects being announced, we know very, very little at the moment. So the overall plan is a 10-year mission of storytelling. There's no way that they're going to announce 10 years of storytelling. They've tried doing that before and it's not worked, so they will be more conservative. It seems more likely that they're going to announce plans for the first couple of years. Now, what we know from other statements is that this simply isn't just going to be movies. This is movies, TV shows, games, a whole transmedia kind of takeover project. So it could be that what Gunn is going to announce is maybe formally this Superman movie, which maybe will be the kickoff of the new DCU, uh, and a number of projects that will tie into that, which could be games, TV shows, etc., which is really exciting. So I'm not expecting some sort of massive event announcement with artwork and trailers, etc., etc., because we know they've not shot anything. It's probably going to be the announcement of a few titles, maybe some hints towards what that might mean for wider storytelling and the kind of connective tissue between them and perhaps if superman is going to be this first project we'll maybe get to see some concept art for what it might look like other than that i don't think it's going to be more but it's going to be very very exciting is what it is but i want to hear from you are you excited about this new idea of the dcu i spend so much time on twitter that i'm kind of warped by the amount of people using hashtags like fire james gun so i want to know if you're excited for the future of the dcu get in touch with us on social media at get your comic on or you can find me on all major platforms as at neil vag which is n-e-i-l-v-a-g-g i would love to hear from you and hear your opinions on what is to come from the dc universe now, if I asked you what your favourite TV show of the last 12 months is, I would imagine quite a few of you out there are probably going to say Wednesday on Netflix, which is an absolute global phenomenon at this point. It is one of the highest rated shows on Netflix, critically acclaimed at this point as well. And thankfully, finally, they have put us out of our misery and confirmed that a second season is on the way. The show was mostly directed by Tim Burton and features quite a lot of his vision for the character and is written by the Smallville executive producer team of uh, Alfred Goffin Miles Miller. It stars Jenna Ortega as Wednesday Adams as she attends Nevermore High School. So it's a kind of high school set version of the Adams family which really focuses on this amazing characterization of Wednesday by Jenna Ortega. I'm sure you have seen it at it's we just binged it over the christmas period and it is so much fun it is a brilliant show Uh, it's nice to see netflix actually putting some budget behind something other than strange things so it's a a really well made show and really consistently written and shot so very excited to hear from them that they have confirmed a second season is on the way since the first season released and was produced um MGM, who owned the rights to the Adams Family, was actually bought by Amazon Prime. So there was some thought that actually the show might end up moving from Netflix to Prime Video, but that is simply not the case. It is still licensed to Netflix and a second season is on the way. No news as to when it will shoot or when it will air as yet. The press release that came from the Netflix team simply said more information will follow later down the line. Chances are we probably won't see that one this year i would imagine it will arrive in early 2024 but watch this space now here's some news that i absolutely i guess i'm going to say hoped for but never saw coming at the same time 
The final season of The Flash has currently begun production on episode 9 of the, I think it's 13 episode final season. So season 9 is due to air, I think it starts in about 5 weeks time, and it uh, has in the past few days confirmed a whole bunch of guest cast for the ninth episode of the season. So they'd announced that there's going to be an episode that features Dreamer. So Nicole Maines from Supergirl is returning for an episode which I think is going to team Iris and uh, and Dreamer together. Nia, Null, that is. And then they announced that this ninth episode will feature the return of Sandil Ramamurthy as Bloodwork. He was season six, I think? Or was he season eight? Sometimes probably season seven. Uh, so he's returning, as is David Ramsey as Diggle and uh keenan lonsdale as wally wally west uh, kid flash so the three of them were all confirmed to appear in the ninth episode of the season and it was also confirmed that that episode would be directed by danielle panabaker who obviously plays caitlin slash frost we don't really know what her position is in this final season because where she was at the end of season eight was quite precarious and possibly lent into the fact that maybe she could be the villain of the final season so she's directing, they've got these three huge guest stars, and then, breaking news, Stephen Amell is appearing in the episode. He is returning to the Arrowverse. Of course he's returning to the Arrowverse, why wouldn't he? He is the guy that started it all, so why would he not come back for what is the final season of the final show, which exists in that world? Of course, the question then is raised as to whether he's playing Oliver Queen, Green Arrow... Um, the Flash from Elseworlds, or a Nazi from Earth-X, or a Spectre from Crisis on Infinite Earths. But you know what? Who cares? Stephen Amell is back in some respect. And he's going to be there to help send off the Arrowverse that he started back in 2012. So that is very, very exciting. And I see he's now putting out statements saying, don't ask me questions, just enjoy it, which sounds really typically Stephen um, from interviews that I've seen with him. I don't know yet when season nine is going to air in the UK, but it starts in the US in February. It's the first of the CW DC shows that will return for this season with uh, Superman and Lois and the first season of Gotham Knights then starting in March. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But it's very exciting. Chances are that the reason they've announced this is because they're going to be doing some filming outside uh, for the episode and that they want to get ahead of fans who follow the filming, uh, catching the actors out in public uh, whilst filming. So they're taking control of the narrative and, and just releasing those statements now so that we know who to kind of expect when the set photos start to leak. Be interesting to see what costumes they're wearing though, won't it? Until such time as the episode's released, we'll just have to wait and guess as to what's going on. Could it be a flashback episode? Could it be some sort of multiversal, timey-wimey return for these characters? It's very exciting, though, and it's nice to see that The Flash is getting uh, the reverence that it deserves as it does its victory lap before ending, sadly, after nine years. Last up in the news this week, I just wanted to touch on podcast plans for this year. Uh, As I obviously was toot my horn about at the beginning of this podcast, um, this is our 10th year. This is a big year for us. So we're going to be playing with the formula a little bit. Uh, We're also going to be trying to work around Boy Wonders PhD a lot more, which means you're probably going to get more episodes where it's either me by myself or me maybe joined by James or one of the others from the Geico crew 
just while we try and make sure that Boy Wonder actually has time to study. Because, you know, as much as I love this podcast, his PhD does come first. So I'm hoping you're going to hear more podcasts from us this year and more regularly. But you might find that we mess with our formula a little bit as we uh, get ready to celebrate this huge landmark year. But for now, that is it for the news. Next up, we're going to be talking about the first half of Season 4 of HBO Max's Doom Patrol. So the first six episodes have now aired in the US. This is what they are calling Part 1 of Season 4. We still don't know when this is going to be coming to the UK, but following on from our experience of interviewing the cast at New York Comic Con back last year, we have had the chance to watch these six episodes. Thank you um, to HBO Max for that. So we are going to be talking about our thoughts on those first six episodes. And I couldn't talk about Doom Patrol without being joined by Boy Wonder. So, Doom Patrol Season 4. Happy to have the gang back? Always. Has it been good to have the show back? Yes. How, now that we've seen kind of the the whole part one thing done for Titans and Doom Patrol, how do you feel about this slightly different structure to the season rather than just running through all the episodes? I like it, but I'm irritated as well. (laughs) You're irritated because you want more? Yeah. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. We still don't know when part two is actually going to air for either of these shows. Um, Definitely not January. HBO Max hasn't announced its February programming yet but i would kind of presume we would maybe know if titans was coming back in february i feel like we would have seen a trailer already but that's a conversation for another day for now i just want to focus on these six episodes of doom patrol so this season uh main cast are all back again so april bulby joven wade brendan fraser uh matt bomer michelle gomez diane guerrero and of course the uh brilliant matthew zuck and riley shanahan who are the two on-set actors that play robot man and uh invisible Invisible Man? Negative Man. Thank you very much. That was not right at all. Uh, and they are... Uh, how, do, how do you describe the storyline of season four? Um, Immortus. Doom Patrol Natsness. Doom Patrol Nuts. <laughs> that, I took a second to sort of compute what you meant. So... Um, we now have the added uh, wrinkle of time travel, which is something which we haven't had before in Doom Patrol. That came up with the arrival of uh, Madame Rouge last season and has now become part of their sort of everyday crime fighting. Um, and I'm still not 100% sure on the who the villain is for this season. So the trailer teases the rise of Immortus, and Immortus is something that we learn about somewhat in this season, mostly in the, the mid-season finale. We kind of know about more about what Immortus is doing than who Immortus is. Is this a thing from the comics that you are familiar with? Oh, you're raising your eyebrows, which says to me, no, I'm not, please don't ask me questions. Uh, not that I remember. I've only read the old stuff. It might be from one of the newer ones. So from what we've seen in these episodes, uh, it seems like Immortus is trying to steal what makes the Doom Patrol stay young. Because, obviously, someone like Rita is supposed to be very old by this point, but she isn't. And that's been a question that we've had all along, is how did these guys kind of not age? And so now we're answering that question, but also stealing those powers from them. So he is uh, an older character 
debuting back in the My Greatest Adventure days. Oh, okay. And he, he is a member of the Brotherhood of Evil. So essentially he is a, a general, he's like a soldier for a sort of uh, very specific outfit. You may akin to another type of military age. Okay. Not so friendly people. We've seen them before in series one, Nazis. Yeah. So essentially he's lived for centuries. He's had some sort of special um, alchemic potion that gave him his long life, but he lost it. And so he hired Niles Calder to recreate the potion. Ah, okay. So this is probably where Project Amortis is going to tie in with the TV series because that was something Niles was working on. So it could be that Amortis is now coming to collect. Coming to collect on his debt from the chief. But it seems a little bit more mystical because Willoughby's involved. So I don't know if they're yeah. going to stick to that or not. Maybe they've updated the formula a little bit. So the series starts out, I was going to say pretty straightforward. Uh, it starts out in a very different place, which is that they're now trying to function as a group of actual jobbing heroes with uh, Rita, Elastor Woman, the wonderful April Bowlby, in charge, but not really doing the best job. But she does now have a super suit, sort of. Uh, and they're taking on um, Cockman? What was he called? Codpiece. They're taking on Codpiece. Um, did I? <laughs> I may have just made that up as well. Um, and that's kind of the most straightforward part of the whole season, how did you, and because they then end up in the future, there is some stuff that goes on there. They find out what's happened to their future selves, and it all gets very complicated very quickly. So, how do you how do you feel about the sort of pacing and how they've brought in this overarching story this season by kind of almost keeping it straightforward for a little while and then diving headfirst into absolute craziness? Mm, I've liked it. I mean, if- you know what you're going to get with Doom Patrol now, really. There's going to be craziness. There's going to be butts. There's it really be... was Codpiece, by the way. I've just Googled him and here is his picture. Not Cockpiece. Not cock. No. Uh, you're going to get craziness, but you're also going to get to see these essentially broken people find who they are. And we've reached a different level of where they are in their journeys of self-discovery and healing. Because they're all in very different places yet again. They are very different places again. We seem to have moved on a little bit from um, Robot Man's potential um, debilitating illness. It's, I think it's still mentioned, and that's part of the reason for the glove. Um, I don't want to say too much about what's going on w- with him, but there's a quite nice emotional arc to his story this season. It seems like a lot of it is tied up heavily with Cyborg uh, this season, who is not really cyborg anymore he's just victor now that he's had all of his connections to the grid removed and his implants covered up with this artificial skin so he's he's kind of the it guy which i think is probably very frustrating for him and it's something that we sort of do deal with in the story but how do you feel like how they've written that arc this season I think they've handled it very well. It'd be interesting to see how they get him back to be cyborg i wonder if he will or if he just stays this way I don't know. I, we know very, very little about the back half of the season, so I, I don't know whether he will just remain this way or whether there is actually uh, an eventuality out there where he will become cyborg again. It seems like he will because the story seems to be heading in that direction. He does seem to be dealing with the loss of cyborg. I suppose as well, when we do uh, drop off to the future, he does have some kind of implants again. They're all like 
cyberpunky. Homemade, aren't they? Yeah. To make him feel like he's cyborg, but he's not really. Uh, was it just stuff stuck on to make him feel that way? I must have missed that. I'll have to go back and watch it again. Um, I just thought it was some sort of weird, like, steampunk version. <laughs> no, it was all, like, stuff he just put on himself. I think the biggest thing this season is kind of the relationship between Madame Rouge and uh, Rita. There is kind of a power struggle between the two of them. All be Some of it is artificially generated just out of the situation that they're in. Uh what are your thoughts on that? I think they work very well together. I, I always enjoy seeing the two of them on screen. They've got a lovely chemistry, and in real life as well. well yes, yeah, so we I mean, we saw how much of an amazing chemistry they had together when we saw them at New York Comic Con, so it is, it's nice to see how that translates to the screen, and it's funny that they're so close in real life, yet have to kind of bicker on screen. Um, but it seems to work really, really well. And there's a lot more of Madame Rouge this season as well, so you see her out on a mission with Larry in the second episode... She has a lot to do, and you do get some of her insecurities as well. There is a seems like there is a want there to reform. I don't know if that's to save her own skin or because she genuinely does want to kind of repent her sins for particularly to Rita for what she did to her in the previous season. But her characterization has been probably my favorite this season. It's close run between Rita and Madame Rouge, I think. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about? Crazy Jane this season. I do like a bit of Crazy Jane. She again has a very interesting story arc around discovering who she is as a personality. Yeah. Or a person, not just a personality. So there's quite there's some very big questions around her this season, which I again I'm interested in and I'm interested to glean from you how much this uh reflects some of what's happened in the comic books. So Kay I was gonna call her Katie, it's Kay, isn't it? Is the person? Is that the real person? So I think in this series, Kay is the the little girl, and she was the original persona. In the so what I've read from the Grant run, Kay's not mentioned at all. Really? Okay. It's always just been Jane and the other girl. What was the other one's name again? Uh, what was her name again? There was another persona before Jane, essentially, who was in charge, and she lived a relatively normal life for a good few years. And there was a really quite horrific, not episode, but what issue of the comics where mm-hmm. you then visit why that persona disappeared into the well because it turns out she was raped in a church, and it was all very graphic. Oh, okay, and yeah, yeah. And then Jane was brought in to sort of deal with stuff afterwards, and she became the primary. Hmm. So. Is it sort of a case of... Let me try and explain it how I have understood it from the show, which may be totally wrong. So my grasp on it is that a person probably has a... who was born as a real human being and has a family somewhere in the real world is Kay. Kay has some sort of superpower metahuman ability, which is multiple personalities. And there is a hierarchy to these group of other personalities. So one of them is always elected as the primary who runs the body on the outside because Kay was missing and needed to do some personal healing on the inside. And at the moment, Jane is that one, but she's a little bit all over the place and so people keep sort of taking over or she utilises other ones when she needs them, like in season one, when you'd see her do sort of like raise a head and all that stuff where she would kind of 
switch personalities to fight or whatever. Kinda. Please do feel free to correct me. So my understanding is, is that Key was the little girl who had meta abilities, but was abused by the dad. Yeah. And and her way to sort of deal with that abuse was to retreat inside her mentally, yeah. and then the other personalities were there to protect her. So how do the other personalities control the ability if Kay has the ability? Do they control her because they're in the body? Well, no, because Kay created them. Yeah. So they're there to protect. That's what they always talk about. That they're, they're, their whole purpose is to protect the girl. Yeah. So no, the reason that I ask is so like, again, if you go back to sort of season one in those moments where she's Jane, but Jane would become someone else in a fight. Um, how is she using that ability then? Why did I ask like psychological isn't it <laughs> okay is that don't ask too many questions well i suppose they're just there to protect her so they've all these abilities have popped up just to protect, to protect the girl Kay. but what's interesting is that jane is the one that doesn't have any abilities but she's almost like the primary yeah so it's almost like the grown-up version of Kay. and yeah and so what we're now seeing here is jane kind of saying do i get to be my own person do i get to have my own dreams my own wants my own needs and Am I valid as a person, even though I'm not necessarily, this isn't necessarily my body? Yeah. Which I think is really fascinating and is being explored in a very, very interesting way. It's There's a particular episode, I think it was episode five, where uh, because several of them have now lost their ability to remain young... Oh, no, sorry, one of them at this point has lost their ability to remain young. There is a kind of fountain of youth moment that causes all of them to... Uh, Regenerate, regress is the word I'm looking for, back to being teenagers. And that, for a lot of them, is about living who they were back then. But for, for her, it's the first time she's ever been a teenager and it's her first experience of being like that. And so it's a very, very different experience for her. It's a fascinating episode. Mm. Um, How about Larry? I feel like Larry is a little underused this season so far. Yeah, I'm just. His story hasn't really gone anywhere recently. No, so he has the new, like, maggot worm creature and appears to potentially have a new love interest in a character who we meet in episode three who returns in episode six uh don't think he's in five I think he returns in six uh who uh is played uh by i'm gonna forget his name which is terrible i'm gonna tell you that he's blood work from the flash and that he is also uh mahinda suresh from heroes sendil ramamurthy um is the love interest. But outside of that, I feel like he's lacking a little bit this season. Underutilised. Yeah, yeah. So you agree with me then? Yes. Okay. Which is, let's well, let's see what happens in the back half of the season. We might feel very, very differently. Um, interestingly, even though it's the most recent episode, I feel like the mid-season finale is probably the episode I remember the least. Hmm, what happened? I'm not going to recount the entire episode whilst on the air, but... Uh, Vic has re-teamed up with a friend of his from the past, who he's been to visit a couple of times, and in pairs they've all ended up in this slightly alternate type land that happens to be run by a mortis. I don't remember any of that. Really? We watched it last year. True, we <laughs> you say that, it's the 8th of January as we we're recording still this. last year. Um, okay, we're going to have to sit down and watch that one again. Do you have a favourite of these six episodes that you've seen so far? Uh, We've actually not touched on episode four, which is totally different. Um, but we will touch on that in a second. So I did enjoy the Danny episode. 
Episode four. Okay, oh, okay we've reached yeah, it now. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> so the fourth episode completely veers from uh, the storyline and uh, does not include any of the main cast whatsoever. It instead picks up with Danny the Street and... Danny uh, the Ambulance. Danny, sorry, Danny the Ambulance. And uh, Abigail. Abigail, that's her real name. Uh, please remind me of her name. The Chief's Daughter. Come on. I'm terrible today. I don't remember anything. Uh, oh God, what is it? I'm going to leave this hanging recording until you're... Oh, put the phone down, Dorothy. Oh, do that. Dorothy. Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we pick up with Dor- Dorothy and Danny Dorothy. for an episode. Uh, what was it you enjoyed about that one? I just like anything with Danny, the ambulance. It's a very... Uh, so the ambulance is the um, Gerard Way era, isn't it, really? Rather yes. than uh, Grant Morrison. And uh, it, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't realise that... Uh, Abigail Monterey will be back this season for for more Dorothy, but it's nice to see her and catch up with what she's doing. Presumably, it's at some point going to fold into the main storyline, but there wasn't. I didn't feel like it was a massive connection between the two, was there? Really? No. I wonder if they're maybe going to do like a wee spin-off or something. Oh, I think I've got a feeling that she may appear in the Dead Boy Detectives, which they're developing at the moment. Mm. Uh, and obviously, that episode also introduces us to one of. Um, I keep wanting to call him Mitch Gerrards, which is a comic book artist rather than Gerard Way. Uh, one of Gerard's characters, uh, Casey, because the episode is called Casey Patrol. So that is where we meet her. Uh, I'm trying to remember her hero name. Space Case, played by Madeline Zima, who is a character you know absolutely nothing about, I think, because, again, you've not read the Gerard Way era of the comics, so... But she is she is a new addition to the cast who I'm sure I've heard other cast members talking about, which is why I presume that at some point they're going to overlap and actually get to interact with her. But for now, they're very much a standalone. But it's a good episode. It is a very mm. good episode. It does, for me, slightly break the pacing and the continuity by having uh, a, quite a big moment at the end of episode three, disappearing off into episode four to do this Danny thing, and then coming back in episodes five and six for... I would say the conclusion, but it's it's a the mid-season conclusion of the storyline. Hmm. I wonder if it's going to set up Danny the planet, because it was kind of hidden that way. Oh, Danny becomes a planet? Yeah, so that, again, it's a Gerard Way thing, where the ambulance, he eventually takes over the, the spirit or the soul of a planet and he has his own place. If you can hear uh, purring right now, it's because Ollie is actually sat on my lap. It's um, not me. <laughs> not Martin. Martin's not pairing. Uh, Ollie is sat in my lap and is uh, pairing like absolute crazy. Is there anything I can do to stop him from pushing on the microphone? Is there anything about season four so far that you've not really enjoyed? Just the mid-season break and the fact I've not been able to watch the rest of it. Weir butts. How are you feeling about weir butts? I mean, I wouldn't like to meet one in person, <laughs> but I do enjoy their presence on the on the telly box. Yeah. So there's... Uh, the zombie butts as well. Zombie butts, which is all what's tied into this Immortus and trying to avoid this future. Does this feel... I don't want to ask this question because I feel I don't know the answer. Does this feel like a final season? Oh, I hope not, but it probably is. It feels like a final season to mm-hmm. me somehow. I don't know what it is, but something about it feels very final. I don't know what it is. And I know... That, so the episode titles for this weren't as uh, weren't confirmed kind of up front like Titans was. And we know that Titans is ending on an episode called um, Titans Forever. That seems to be the title of the the season. I'm calling it season, we don't know. Uh, Finale for season four. There were episode titles which were rumoured for Doom Patrol, but never confirmed. And the rumour was that the final episode was called Doom Patrol Patrol, because obviously every episode is called Something Patrol. Which, 
kind of made both series feel like they were going to be very final. But actually, the first episode was called Doom Patrol. So who knows where it's going to end up episode title-wise. But there is something. I don't want it to end. And there is a glint of hope because... I'm going to give us with one hand and take us away with the other. Uh, Obviously, Warner Brothers taken over by Discovery. Big axing of lots of stuff. Uh, which hasn't included Titans and Doom Patrol as we know of at this point. There's been no confirmation. Showrunners on all sides have said we're happy to keep going as long as people want to watch it and they feel fresh. Uh, Warner Brothers executives have now said they're done with that. There is no more kind of massive culling to come. That was their job for this year was to cull and they're now in a position where they've kind of made back the deficits that they need to make and they're able to move forwards in a more organic and kind of expected manner. So, you know, they'll... Stuff will end when they feel like it needs to end, when it's not profitable, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, Flip side being, obviously, we're about to get a huge announcement from James Gunn and Peter Safran on the beginning of the new DCU. So they have said that there are Elseworlds tales which will make part of their DCU. So, you know, either of these shows, because they've been pre-established as being on other Earths, could continue, could be folded in via the use of the old multiverse. So fingers crossed, both of them, both Titans and Doom Patrol will survive, but we'll have to wait and see. But, but are they established as different Earths if we're going to have this crossover event? Uh, the crossover between Stargirl and... Yeah, so... Pff, all right, ask me a difficult question. So the first episode back of Titans, which I think we talked about on our Titans episode, is called Dude, Where's My Gar? And that's the episode with a story credit to uh, Ryan Potter, and that's where we think that Stargirl will show up. There is a rumour that someone from Doom Patrol is in it. One would presume Rita... If anything, I'm just expecting a flashback and that this Earth Scar... We know this Earth Scar was raised by Rita because that is what we saw in the Doom Patrol episode of Titans. But I thought that was a different Earth. It is. It's a different Earth to the Doom Patrol series. Oh, okay. So there's nothing to say that April Bowlby, or in fact any of them, because they were all in that episode, there's nothing to say that any of them can't appear in Titans as the Titans Earth's version of their character. Um Bloody hell. Um, we'll have to wait and see. That's unconfirmed. I mean, it, we, we've seen a photo of Ryan Potter and Breck Bassinger together, so there's no escaping the fact that Stargirl's going to appear. But mm. the Doom Patrol connection is only a rumour at this stage. Well, I wonder if he goes into the red. Uh-huh. And that's where the, the dude wears my car, because he's lost in the red. Yes. And in his attempt to get back out of the red, he goes into a, another universe. He could do, or we could be suggesting that Stargirl is on the same Earth, or she could be their Earth's version of Stargirl. Because they didn't go to uh, where Stargirl shoots to film. They made a local location to where they shoot Titans to be an exterior part of Blue Valley High. Okay. So although it seems like he's visiting Blue Valley, it's they haven't gone to the location of Blue Valley that we would know. Because they've not really mentioned the Justice League in Stargirl, have they? Not that I can think of. Where it's very heavy in Titans because they're always talking about Wonder Woman. Yeah, true. You've got Star Labs and Soups. I don't know if there's a question mark over time periods when the two shows are set. I feel like both are set, quote-unquote, now. Modern. Mm. Um, Anyway, we're not talking about Doom Troll at this point. You've veered us off into Titans territory. Well, it's still the same-ish universe. Is there anything else that you would like to say about Doom Patrol Season 4? No, just watch it. (laughs) 
hopefully we'll be able to pick up the back six episodes very very soon we're just sitting here fingers crossed waiting for hbo max to make that announcement and obviously we will keep you very very posted as to when you can watch it in the uk it's not been the easiest show to get hold of here uh, in terms of watching it when it's out it's been on i think epics which is now called Lionsgate plus which is also where you can find Pennyworth season three in the UK at the moment. Uh, but I'll be keeping my ear to the ground and I'll let you know as soon as we have news on that one. Thank you to Boy Wonder for joining me for that nice discussion on Doom Patrol. Don't forget that we did speak to three of the stars of the show, Joven Wade, uh, April Bowlby and Michelle Gomez at New York Comic Con last year. And you can check out all three of those interviews over on our YouTube channel. Just search for Get Your Comic Con or you can pick them up on our website under the interview section. Before I sign off for this episode, I wanted to give you some recommendations. I have some TV shows and I have some comic books. Uh, First up, I have two binge-worthy TV shows that I want you to watch, both of which are on Prime Video. First up is The Peripheral, which uh, stars Chloe Grace Moretz, Gary Carr, Jack Rayner, JJ Field, Tania Miller, Lewis Hurtburn, Katie Lung, Melinda Page Hamilton, Chris Coy, Alexander Hernandez. I'm disappearing right down the IMDb list right now. Um, And it is based on the William Gibson book of the same name. It is a brilliant sci-fi series, which uh, is definitely for fans of shows like Westworld. It's a kind of Matrix meets Terminator type show, which is partly set in near future um, America. I think it's North Carolina and then even far further far-flung future London which is very very interesting to see so it's kind of this transatlantic Matrix meets Terminator uh, badass eight episode exploration of tech and things that tech can do and its ramifications on both the past and the future Uh, very cool show definitely check that one out and my second recommendation is a brand new show that just launched a few days ago a six-part Again, Prime Video show called The Rig, which is from writer David McPherson, who you might know from Line of Duty. This one stars Ian Glenn, Emily Hampshire, Martin Compston, Richenda Sandal, Owen Teal, Calvin Dember, Molly Vevers, Richard Peppel, Stuart Macquarie, Abraham Papula, Cameron Fulton. There's some very recognisable British TV faces and uh, Emily Hampshire is obviously recognisable as well to US audiences for her role in Shit's Creek. Uh, and this one is set on an oil rig just off the, the coast of Scotland. It was filmed in Edinburgh at some brand new TV studios, uh, which is not far away from where we used to live. And it is a very cool sci-fi. Some um, in, some influences from things like The, the Mist, The Fog. Um, it's it's really difficult to explain it's so unique and so original and i was very happy to see that it also managed to bear in mind it's only six episodes it managed to stick its landing as well which was really great to see amazing ensemble cast i would not say there is a single weak link in this cast they are all brilliant i'm just trying to read the synopsis that's on the imdb page for it a group of workers on a remote scottish oil rig are due to return to the mainland when a mysterious fog enshrouds them and supernatural forces take hold you kind of spend half the series um, wondering whether it's a sci-fi thing or a supernatural thing or maybe just a psychological thing and it plays on some wonderful uh, psychology of what it's like to be stuck in that kind of small, unescapable space 
during a crisis so there is there's some great psychological elements to it as well as the kind of supernatural sci-fi stuff uh very very cool i don't want to say too much because i'll end up spoiling it you can stream all six episodes now likewise you can stream all eight episodes of the peripheral both are on prime video and i really want you to check out both of those because they are such good watches I also have two comic book series which I absolutely want you to check out. So one of the um, one of the kind of edicts for this year for Geico Podcast is that we need to bring back more comics content. Some of it is quite difficult because of um, embargoes around releases. So for instance, DC, um, we are embargoed on all of the DC comics that we read until they release. So uh, I can't tell you about certain things that are coming up in the next week or two, but I can tell you about things uh, which will be releasing on the day uh, before this podcast drops, or if I get it edited in time, the day this podcast drops. So I've got to try and work around that. Uh, but anyway, two series which I would like you to check out. First one is from DC. It's called Batgirls. It is written by the wonderful team of Becky Clinton and Michael Conrad. We are about to get the 14th issue of this series. It's in a very interesting arc which started in their annual just before Christmas where both Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown accidentally swapped bodies in a kind of Freaky Friday moment. It's a series which is based on, pretty much, you can guess this from the title, the three main Batgirl characters, so Barbara Gordon, Cassandra Kane, Stephanie Brown. Similar to the Tim Drake Robin series, it puts them in their own kind of corner of Gotham and they are working together separate from the rest of the Bat family unless it, you know the story requires someone to drop in. And it's just a really cool, quite kind of punk series. It's very, it's art style and it's colour uh, very much bucks the trend for what is normal and cliche in comics. It's different, it's very edgy. And it's just a cool story about three very cool characters. So I would like you to go and check that out. It's been going for just over a year. So as I said, episode, uh, episode issue 14 is about to drop. And it's a very, very, very good series. If you do want to get into it and you've not been reading it, go back to the annual, which released in December. And uh, you will, I think it was December. Uh, and you will, uh, you'll be able to pick up the story from there. The second series I want to tell you about is a book from Boom Studios, which is called Specs. It's from uh, the creative team of writer David Boer and uh, artist Chris Sheehan. It features colours by Roman Stevens, and I'm going to forget who does the letters, which makes me feel absolutely terrible. So as I'm talking about it, I'm going to Google it. Uh, it's a 80s set horror series. Uh, it's not out and out scary, so if you're not a fan of horror, don't be worried. It's, uh, it's basically about these two high school kids, Kenny and Ted, who are best friends. Uh, Kenny also harbours some uh, romantic feelings towards Ted. Ted also happens to be essentially from the only uh, black family that live in this Midwest American town. Uh, Jim Campbell is the letterer. Jim Campbell. And uh, so as we're saying, he's basically from the only black family that lives in this Midwest American town. And... It's uh, in the first issue, uh, they published uh, two issues so far. The third issue comes out as this podcast releases. Um, the, in the first issue, the kids come across an advert in the back of an old comic book, which people of a certain age will always remember those adverts. And it's for a set of magical wish-granting uh, glasses, specs, as is the title. So they kind of have this whole, God, imagine what it would be like if we had a pair of these, what would you wish for? And then uh, the glasses magically turn up on Kenny's doorstep and it leads to an event where the two of them make a wish, which has some quite serious ramifications. 
and then they have to deal with that in the second issue which leads to another wish which further complicates matters which is where we find ourselves in the third issue which drops this week it is a wonderful wonderful series it's so well written it's great to see a queer horror that's not just trying to push some kind of agenda it's uh you know it's really beautifully written and is just a really cool story and Chris Sheehan's artwork is outstanding Roman Stevens colors are perfect the visuals match the story in every way shape or form so it's just a perfect storm of um, different aspects that make up this book nothing about it is is off-putting whatsoever it is literally I have given all three issues five stars it is it's that good it is one of my favorite series of 2022 and we might only be in january but it's basically going to be my favorite series of 2023 for the time being uh it's issue three ends with a to be concluded um so there i would imagine there'll be a kind of collected version of this story coming very very soon but it is i mean you just have to read it that's all i'm gonna say you have to read it because it is that good so that's specs from boom studios so by the next time I podcast again, I want to hear that you've seen The Peripheral, The Rig, and you've read Batgirls and Specs. That's all I'm saying. And that is all for this episode. I'm going to be back, hopefully, in around a week's time, because I have two press screenings coming up in the next week. I am going to see Megan, which is a new uh, horror movie, which I'm sure you've all seen the trailer for, with the dancing robot of, of evil. Uh, so I'm seeing that this week. And I'm also seeing Paramount Babylon, which is this huge new film starring Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. So I'm going to be back very soon to talk about both of those. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and I will see you very, very soon. Bye!